0: Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Thrilled to have in studio with me Roger Bianco, and uh, uh, we are going to be talking about property rights. You've written an excellent piece that is at com. Be sure and check it out. It was a conversation that you had with your daughter.
1: Yeah, Saturday morning. I, I have no idea how we got onto this topic of discussion, but somehow we did. Um, maybe we were talking about a home improvement projects or something. And it wound up uh, getting into, I said, did you know, sweetie, that uh, if the government wanted to, it could take our home and give it to someone else so that they could use it. And she said, uh, that can't be right, daddy, that that's completely wrong. And I said, I, she said, how could that be? And I go, well, it's something called something called imminent domain. And and that look on her face, i always remember that look, she just got profoundly confused. And she said, you work so hard for this house and to keep us in the home. And 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 that's just, this is our home. This is where we do things as a family. This is where we eat. I mean, she just, and ultimately she ended up as that, that is so unfair. Yes, yeah, sweetie, it is. I mean, intuitively to her, she felt like that was unfair, um, that the government could come in and for, and take our property. And this is allowable under current law of the land. Kilo has not been overturned. There's been 15 years of pushback, but no substantive pushback, no legal pushback. That's been strong enough to challenge it at the Supreme Court level. So Kilo is the law of the land and the government can take property for uh, economic development purposes, even when the neighborhood is not blighted. And evidently, um, with this uh, Tom's Diner story, the government can stop. Organic economic development. When the actual owner of the property, at least that's what they're trying to do. When the actual owner of the property decides that they want to sell their property at a fantastic profit, congratulations, Tom. Um, to uh, you know, they, they could they can they can stop that transaction to stop economic development. Evidently, I mean, how arbitrary is this? On one hand, the government will force economic development. On the other hand, it will stop economic development. And what's getting trampled consistently throughout all of this is the, the property rights of the individual homeowner.
0: Is the property rights. So just to set that up a little bit more, and that is that Tom of Tom Steiner, uh, he is the owner of the iconic North Capitol Hill Eatery. And um, he once wanted to sell it, as you mentioned, to develop a new apartment building. And, uh, and also, he uh, he bought it for I think around eight hundred thousand dollars in two thousand four, and it's under contract to sell for four point eight million dollars. So he's creating wealth. Yeah, he's with,
1: uh, with this. It's a six time increase in his wealth, isn't it? In his initial investment.
0: So, but what has happened is the Denver Landmark Preservation Commission, okay, <laughs> okay. has voted unanimously unanimously to re- recommend protection. So they're saying that they want that the architecture is iconic and that because of that he can't sell his property. So Roger, what needs to happen is if the Denver Landmark Preservation Commission wants to preserve Tom's diner, they need to offer him four point eight million plus one more dollar and they need to buy it.
1: And Tom has to agree to it. And they Tom could offer to- him four point eight plus one dollar, and Tom can still say, nope, I'd rather build the apartment complex or I'd rather build. It's just, I think I saw housing on here. It was very interesting, a comment that, that the owner made in a, an article I read about this, where he said, I'm, I'm very glad, I'm happy to hear that people find this this diner a very meaningful place and an important part of the community. And then he, he said, I, I just wish they'd come in and eat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, if they're not eating, I mean, this guy has got to do what he needs to do. I think that this is crazy. Um,
0: but the it, next it, article that Patty has pulled, and this is from the Colorado Sun... She said uh, the title is Colorado needs affordable housing. The state owns land. One has to ask why. Can this combination work? So a block away from the Capitol, there's a couple of warehouses that uh, it's in Denver's Capitol Hill. And uh, the city wants to, to lease that property to a private developer that's going to tear down the warehouses and build a six-story affordable housing project. With the help of two point two million dollars in tax credits, so
1: because the the people in Tom's neighborhood or at least this commission, supposedly speaking on behalf of the people in the neighborhood, feel that this is a feel that this is an important place, they want it they, they want to take away the property rights of that owner. On the other side, the, to build housing, which is needed. On the other side, they want to force housing development that is needed. And I don't know what and they're the they're giving. Storage,
0: and they're giving the developer two point two million dollars in tax credits. What's wrong with yeah, this
1: picture? It, 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 exactly. No one can see. But Kim's hands just kind of went up and down. I uh-huh. mean, that that's it's arbitrary. This is the this is the thing that we are exactly not supposed to have happen in the United States in terms of government at any level. Picking winners
0: um, picking winners and and losers
1: arbitrary is the word that comes to mind. It just seems very difficult to to get your handle on.
0: but do you not see the the overlying theme here is what we talk about at the very beginning of the show, and yeah. that is freedom versus force. Force versus freedom. Okay, so Tom, Tom is not going to have the freedom to take his property and develop it the way he wants. They want to force him to just stay right where he is.
1: Despite the fact that he's the person who took the very real financial risk 20 years ago of leveraging himself and his family's future, because I'm pretty sure he didn't have $800,000 in cash, and buy that restaurant for $800,000, he stepped out and took an entrepreneurial risk. And he is not allowed then to profit on that risk because some other people feel special about his place, even though they don't come in and eat there, evidently. This is arbitrary. And it, and it shouldn't, I'd like to see this go to court and I'd like to see it go the right way. But and there's a reason for all that. And it all it gets all the way back to the founding of the country.
0: But he would have to pay an attorney to do that. Right. The Denver Preservation Historic Society would have government money right. for their side of the case, which that is very wrong. But then, once again, just to make this point, Probably just a few blocks away, there is a couple of of old warehouses that the city is going to lease the land to the developer. He's not going to own it, but he's going to get $2.2 million in money to do this. The other thing about it, Roger, is we had Randall O'Toole on just recently, and uh, he does some great great work with the Cato Institute, also with the Independence Institute, and just a quick shout-out to Complete Colorado. Complete Colorado is uh, the great news source uh, for Colorado. They, they go out and they look at all kinds of different news sources and can find uh, just they aggregate everything. So be sure and check out Complete Colorado. And then also, if you click on their banner ad at the very top, that takes them to all the original content. Randall O'Toole normally has some very good things there. He's an expert on housing, urban development, and transportation. And Karen Levine, who is um, a great friend, she's a partner as well as she's on the National Board of Realtors. If you're going to buy or sell a home, she's a person to talk to. But she was in studio, and she had mentioned that she had heard that rules and regulations contribute to the, uh, 50% of the cost of uh, housing. And Randall O'Toole said that it's 50% here in Denver, it's higher in some areas, and then it's lower in other areas. But let's think about it. If you are really serious about affordable housing, and 50% of the cost of new housing goes to rules and regulations, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that maybe what we, what we should do is to lower rules and regulations.
1: Same thing happens in transportation. Uh, between um, labor unions forcing prevailing wage, Davis-Bacon laws, and then dragging out projects and um, environmental rules, regulations, tests, and all that, We it, it costs us Hundreds, if not millions of dollars more per mile I think it's actually millions of dollars more per mile to build something here than in Europe even, which, which is astonishing given the amount of interference government interference in local uh, uh, transportation projects that that 's present in the european union <clears throat> i don 't know this is um, <laughs> well it, it again, it goes back to uh, everything that that we 've talked about already in our first couple. Couple meetings and and, and it, what's happening now seems to be very much a perversion of the way that the the intention of how the country was founded and what we were trying to accomplish there in holding property rights as a high right, the individual's property right being a high right. Um, all of this again is taught uh, in in leadership program of the Rockies. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a day as part of the curriculum um, where the title of the day is "Right to Violate Rights." And it's a question. Is there a right to violate rights and under what circumstances? And it's a very small window, uh, is is the right for a government to violate rights. But if anyone wants any more um, information, go to leadershipprogram.org and uh, submit an application, actually. They're coming up. They're due at the end of of, uh, August for the leadership program of the Rockies class of 2020. Uh, But anyway, um, so...
0: Well, yes. Let's let's go to break. Let's come back and talk about this Kelo case. You really have nailed this. That in the Constitution, eminent domain can be used for public purpose. But in this Kelo case that you had mentioned, the Supreme Court ruled against Suzette Kelo. Mm-hmm. She had uh, she and a number of her neighbors um, were basically kicked out of their homes. Their homes were bulldozed because the city of New London, Connecticut. Had thought in the in the name of economic development, right? Bringing jobs, you know, all the things that they say revitalization. Yeah, that that uh, they were wanted to bring in Pfizer, and so they kicked these people out of their homes. They bulldozed their homes, and then Pfizer never came in. But the, but it was a real important Supreme Court decision because, and you've nailed it: the difference between what the founders meant with public purpose, and what it's been morphed into as public use. So this is Kim Munson with the Americhicks. Uh, Roger Bianco is in studio. We'll be right back to talk about these very important pieces that he has at com and uh, the Kilo case and the Supreme Court case. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. Thrilled to be having a conversation with Roger Bianco on property rights. So let's jump in here. This is going to be like. Quick, so let's uh, recap Fire, okay. and then uh, talk about Kilo.
1: All came out of leadership program of the Rockies. A great program. <clears throat> um, part one, we got together. We talked about why this is important. We we cited uh, mostly uh, Madison, but Hamilton also also chimed in that property right property rights are a high and important right because they go beyond the physical things to consciousness to what we create our religious expressions and our physical and our physical things. So it's not just what we own. That's why this is a very important got-to-die-on-this-hill issue. Um, Part two, we dug into the Kelo case. We talked last month about how the Kelo case increased government power to take property for economic development even when the neighborhood is not blighted. And that was Justice O'Connor's pushback on it. Um, What they did was they actually expanded. The the Fifth Amendment says that uh, government cannot take someone's property, I'm paraphrasing, uh, a government can take someone's property for, open quotes, public use f- as long as there is just compensation. So the public use is the issue, and they've expanded to public benefit. That's what Kilo did is expand it to public benefit. There's an economic uh, – there's a public benefit to economic development, revitalization, creating jobs, so on and so forth, even though the assumption is – that that kind of development would not happen unless government forced it, right? There's no development in, in New London, Connecticut, unless government forced Suzette Kilo and a, a whole entire neighborhood uh, to, to, take the, to leave their homes and to, to, to bulldoze those homes, which is a faulty assumption. Mm-hmm. Economic development happens all the time with minimal, if, uh, if any, government um, interference. So today – and we, we got a little bit last time into Justice Thomas's um, – Um, dissension which was very important so justice thomas um he made a made a couple of very good foundational points one was because of the by virtue of the fact that the founders included a public use standard they 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 meant the the government power to take property to be limited Mm -hmm. there was a standard if there is a standard put on a conduct, that means that that conduct should be limited. So he says what's happening is there's absolutely no thought. In the majority opinion on kilo, there was no thought put in, or even in the subsequent court decisions, there was no thought put into, wait a minute, wasn't why was there a standard? And by virtue of the fact that there was a standard, they wanted the government takings power of property to be limited. I thought that was a good foundational fundamental point. Uh, he also said um, that that public use... Really, the public use clause determines is, – is allowed – allows government to take property for things that everyone can use, roads, bridges. And then there was a, a – I don't know if it was an exception or an add-on for military use. Now, this this last point that, that Thomas made, and then we'll move on to O'Connor, but Thomas – very, very good point here where he said – you know it's ironic, and in one of my pieces that that you all you all posted, I wrote a story about how you're sitting in your home on Saturday evening, and you're you're getting ready to watch your college football team play the the arch rival, and you're protected. You know the government can't just storm into your home and search your house. You're protected constitutionally from search and seizure. No one can lawfully enter Except into your with home with
0: the red flag law. But anyway, right. Well, I yeah. Just okay. had to there say we that. go. There we go.
1: That should be unconstitutional. <laughs> but. Um, you know, the, the, you're also protected because someone can't legally break into your home and steal your television that you're watching the game on. Right. And even if they do, you're, you're you're allowed the ability to defend yourself in that regard in the Second Amendment. So Thomas lays all this out and he says, isn't that ironic that you're safe while you're in your home? But your very home is not safe. The thing that you're safe within is not safe from government taking. It, it, it's So Thomas made some very poignant, salient, important arguments that I hope people hear and that resonate with people now, Justice O'Connor. Justice O'Connor has had a reputation for being more of a moderate, which a a number of scholars have said that lends credibility to this idea of limiting uh, government takings on public property. So what she cited a couple of different cases, and I won't go into them, but she cited a couple of different cases where the government took property and she feels this is okay. The government took property because the um, the neighborhood there was a it was a, a larger compelling reason. The neighborhood in Washington D.C., for example, in one of the cases, was absolutely blighted. Two thirds of the the properties were unlivable, condemned,
0: rat rat infested, rat infested. <laughs>
1: yes, um, this was in Washington D.C., one of the top ten urban cities, um, and she felt that the public benefited from eminent domain use in that case what she's saying here even so she, she has a little bit of wiggle room in, in what in in takings and government takings o'connor's thought right but she says that there's a huge difference in kilo and even and thomas signed on to o'connor's dissension um she said there is no clear public benefit quote-unquote public benefit to bulldozing everyone's home including suzette kilo's home because there was nothing wrong with those homes they, they were they were reasonably very well maintained reasonably to very well maintained. Those people had lived in those homes for generations. It was not a blighted area. And remember, I mentioned a scholar a couple times ago named Ilian, Ilya Saman, who's a uh, George Mason or Georgetown University professor who's an expert on this issue, and he was, he's always made the case that eminent domain has become this crazy economic development thing where it's been used in places like Las Vegas and and Los Angeles it, areas in these places that are not Times Square. Times Square is not economically blighted. So it, what this has done is it's 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 crazy because it's it's opened the door to kind of cronyism cronyistic kind of behavior. She says...
0: You mean like 2.2 million for this uh, developer over here to, in Denver? Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, just had it, to it, throw that in. <laughs> you, you just, you, you see these kinds of things happen and you just, you, you, uh, the antenna's got to go up. And it, it's only good, I think, to be skeptical of that kind of... Uh,
0: economic uh, development.
1: Quote, unquote, economic development, right? She, It is not, it is just simply not in the, within the bounds of government's power according to O'Connor and Thomas to take someone's property and give it to someone else so that they can, they can benefit off of it. And Thomas or O'Connor goes a little deeper. She says she, one of her, her last sentences in her opinion, um, because it's always the victims. These people who lose their homes are the, the poor and, and the people who are powerless. Mm -hmm. It's difficult for them to organize and to influence politicians. But she says, quoting her last page of uh, second to last paragraph as for the victims the government now has license to transfer property from those with fewer resources to those with more <clears throat> she says the founders cannot have intended this perverse result she she quotes madison this is madison that alone is is a just government the founders cannot have intended this perverse result that alone is a just government wrote james madison which impartially secures to every man whatever is his own so back to the diner okay it is tom's diner to do with what he would like that is only right the government should support his it is only right because he took the risk. He worked it for twenty years. It's it, 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 it's his property. Not only I would say if they you know if if we want to get into feelings, boy oh boy, you could talk to Tom about how did it feel when you you know took a loan out for hundreds of thousands of dollars. How did that impact your family? Lots of sleepless nights. You know, on and on and on. In um, The restaurant
0: business. In the you restaurant know, business, it's not an eight-hour day.
1: Nights and nights. and weekends, years and holidays.
0: Yeah, twenty years. He's been you know probably up. About the time I get up to go to work.
1: <laughs> the proper role of government for Justice O'Connor is to, according to Justice O'Connor and Thomas and the other dissenters on the Kelo case, is to secure his Tom's right to do what he would like with his property. So long as, you know, it doesn't violate someone else's, someone else's rights. Selling it or turning it into housing. I mean, obviously there's a need for housing in Denver because this the this, the just, city is, you know, just given $2.2 away. million. Dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing's happening in San Francisco, by the way. The biggest thing, and this is again, Thomas being a moderate, she's not one who flies off half cocked about things. She, she had, a, she had a, a tremendous history of this, and so this is also from her dissension. To quote her, she says, The words, quote, for public use, do not realistically exclude any takings, and thus, and thus do not exert any constraint on eminent domain power. So what she's saying there is, if Kilo, since Kilo, expanded the words public use let me make sure i'm clear on this and and the majority decision in Kilo, she's saying this this standard for public use to public benefit is way too loose and you're brought they're broadening it to the point where now gov it the law cannot exclude any takings of of someone's private property which is wrong it, it's very clearly wrong um especially given the, the focus that the founders had, such an intent and intensive focus um, on protecting the rights of lower levels of governments and mostly protecting the rights of individuals. Mm-hmm. They were very concerned about states' rights. They were very concerned about individual rights. So to feel that it's constitutional under the Fifth Amendment to allow public takings for non-blighted you know, cities that benefit a money, real estate interest – is very much a perversion of the intention of the Constitution.
0: It's picking winners and losers, and that's not government's role. So, Roger Bianco, let's do this again. Okay. Let's continue on. There's because property about. rights, it's the hill we need to die on. Yeah. Because that is what has made America so unique, and that is why we thrive and prosper, is because when everyday people have their rights protected and they can go out and take risks like Tom, Tom Steiner did, and uh, has created some potential real wealth for him and his family. And then to have this unelected, it's an appointed commission, but yet many times they carry out the, the, the work of the you know of the uh, interested parties, right. if you will. If in fact Denver mm-hmm. thinks that it is so important that they have Tom's diner and that they preserve that, then they need to offer him more money and uh, they would need to try to buy it than what he was going to develop. And Tom for him.
1: has the right of refusal. And
0: he can, he can agree or disagree, that's for sure.